All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Three in a row. It's a hat trick, Tim. Natural hat trick to dropping the gloves. You know, we talk about playoffs. We talk about playing through pain, you know, overcoming things. Tim's playing through something right now. He is, um, he's not feeling good, but he sucked it up. And he's here because he wants to put out just the best podcast this side of the Mississippi. Right, Tim? How are you feeling? Noah, John, the name on the front is a heck of a lot more important than the name on the back, right? That's, that's right. That's how it goes. My so name's on both I'll be front good. and the back. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you sucked it up and made it in because, like, you, you've been chomping at the bit all day. You've been, like, lots to talk about, big hockey action, lots, lots and lots to go over because it was day two of the first round of the NHL playoffs. Another eight teams were in action. And, you know, do you think it was a better night of hockey than the first night or the same or worse, Tim? What was your takeaway from night two of the playoffs? Oh, it's not a matter of better or worse. It's different, John. It's just different. So I think it was exciting. I I think that Penguins-Rangers game might have made it completely better just on its own. Just the fact that it went to four overtimes. It started first. I think it ended last. Like, they just played hockey the entire night. So, I don't know. Do you want to start there? Yeah, a hundred some minutes went to four four overtimes, seven periods, yep. like just an epic longest game in Madison Square Garden history from all the sports, basketball, hockey. I don't think the Yankees play there, but yeah, it's it was the longest game in Madison Square Garden history. So it was a good game. You know, it, it wasn't. Here's the thing with this game: it, it was back and forth. It was energetic. There was swings left and right for both teams the rangers had control the penguins had control both teams were making good plays both teams were making mistakes it was a very evenly matched game and this is what you expect from these two teams that finished so closely in the in their regular season they've seen each other a lot during the regular season they're very comfortable with each other they know each other's tendencies and it was a great game i don't think the penguins missing tristan jerry really mattered at all Casey DeSmith came in and we'll touch on the whole Louis Domain Casey DeSmith thing later on. But 
I don't think that was a negative at all. I don't think he let in any goals that were egregious that you would say, oh, Tristan Yari would have stopped that one. You know, he played well. He made the saves he was supposed to make, and he made some pretty darn good saves that were they were tough saves. It's not that the Rangers were, you know, getting two-on-ones breakaways left and right, but he he made the saves that he needed to make. And Shashurshkin, you know, at the other end of the rink, he was as, as advertised. I think when you look at the chances, I think the Penguins throughout the game had the most chances. They threw the more, most pucks on the net. The final shot total was 83 to 68. So Sashurskin made 79 saves. I think his save percentage was something ridiculous, like 965 or something. He still lost. It was a good game. It was an entertaining game. There were some little tidbits here and there that, you know, we should talk about. But overall, the Rangers jumped out quick. Two nothing. Boom, boom, boom. The game was theirs. The place was rocking. The New York, that that rink, like I said, it's not that intimidating play in. <clears throat> It has almost a mean guttural feel when they score. You know, other ranks you score and it's loud, it's screaming. When the Rangers fans cheer, they don't go, yeah, they go, like they scream like 300 Spartans. So whenever there's a goal, I love this. It's so great. It's like, and like the whole place erupts. So it's funny. They jumped out to a two nothing lead, but this is why I like the Penguins. This is why they're a hard team to get out. There's no panic. They just sit back and they go, okay. They look up and down the bench. Oh, we got Crosby. We got Malkin. We got Latang. And I would add Jake Gensel into that mix. I would I would add Rust into that mix. You know, though we have these guys. They've been there, done that. They don't get flaps too easily. So they start the second period. Next thing you know, oh, Crosby to Gensel one, Crosby to Gensel two. We got a 2-2 game. All is right in the world. The Penguins are back in action. Is that? Did you see it the same way? Anything else I'm missing for the first four goals of the game? No, and I, I watched most of this game. I didn't stay up for the overtime. But, yeah, Jane Getzel, is, he's so good. He's so good. And, and the chemistry with Crosby, that first goal where he's, like, split the defense and just flips it just past the defenseman and Getzel kind of goes in alone and scores on the far side. Yeah. Just, like, there's, all, there's not a lot of guys that can, that can pull that shot off because he, didn't, he was going so fast. He didn't have a lot of time to do it. Um, and I think like you nailed it, the, the, the Rangers came out strong early and Penguin just battled back. And then you had that, that giveaway, the shorthanded goal by Kreider on, uh, the breakaway there, which is, he's so strong. He's like a mule. He's a, he's a horse. So big, so fast. There's not a lot of plays that players that can move like that. And this is a goal that I think you talked about to Smith having a good game and he did undoubtedly, but that's probably a goal. I, I like to see him save. It was a very simple move by Kreider. I think he maybe came out a little too far. He couldn't get back to his post, and Kreider just tucked it in behind him. Well, that's the the advantages of speed. And people talk about breakaways, penalty shots. How do you go at it? You either have to go at the goalie blazing fast so you can get by him by the time he gets back to the post, or you go really slow so he's back in his net. And I think the Smith came out maybe to cut down the angle because he saw he had a back checker. Maybe he was going to shoot it to cut down the angle. And Kreider's so fast. And he just skated around him. That's all it was. Yeah, it wasn't a good mood move. He didn't deke him, really. He just maybe faked the shot a little bit. <clears throat> and he just slid it backhand in three to two game. So the advantages of being lightning fast, which Chris Kreider is. I don't think he gets as much praise for his speed as he does for his net front presence, his strength, his work around the crease and stuff like that. The guy's, he's a burner. Like he absolutely flies up and down the ice for the size that he is. He's impressive when he, when he gets an open ice. But yeah. <laughs> excuse me, the Penguins tied up 3-3, and then the Rangers go ahead 4-3. Game was over. They were cheering. The place was rocking. And then all of a sudden, oh, Sully, he challenges the goal. What? 
Yeah. I'll keep going. What are you you shaking your head no for? I wasn't. Oh, you're shaking your head just for fun. Yeah. So Sullivan, the Penguins coach, challenges the goal. And I, I didn't think they did that anymore. I thought they got away from the coach's challenge, but apparently they didn't because he challenged it. I always thought all goals were looked at now. So when I was watching it, they're like, oh, the Penguins are challenging it. I, w- I thought they got away from it, but I guess I was wrong. So he challenges it. This could be a crucial part in the whole series, Tim. Each one of these games is going to go down to these one goal things and one play make or break a, a series almost. And this is game one, a very crucial game. What did you think of this? So Kapokaka, he drives. He's got a guy on his hip and he lowers his shoulder and he, he wants to get to the, the far post and he drives and he, he clips to Smith, takes him with him. Capo, then nice play, shovels it back in front of the net. We got a goal. Goal stands, the ref, you know, points at the net. Everything's good. The Penguins are downtrodden. They're not upset. They're not saying no goal, no goal. They're just like, ah, you know, four, three, it's, it's a big goal. Rangers celebrating. What did you think? Do you think this is a goal? When I see these goalie interference plays, these controversial plays, my default mode is to go into, yeah, that's an interference. Like if you, if you make contact with the goal and stop him from being able to make the save, even if you get shoved a little bit, I'm just, I, I tend to side with a goalie on this one and the defending team. And, and so it's hard to shake that, but all that said, Capocacco, you read his body language and you watch him make the play, especially in slow motion, his skates, he's not driving toward the net. When he gets when he gets close, he's kind of cut across the top of the circle there, the crease, and he's he's like you said, he's going for the far side. And you can actually watch if you watch. I know it's hard to analyze frame by frame because these things happen so lightning quick. But you watch him when Dumoulin, who's the guy on his hip, gives him that shove. His right leg, which is the one he's driving with, is like kind of stutter steps a little bit. That's where he loses his edge, and all of a sudden, instead of going across the top of the crease, he's kind of going through it. And so I, you know. Call on the ice was a goal. It's not. It's hard for me to say like what exactly they saw that made them overturn it. And I think the Rangers fan have every every right to be upset. But I hate to sound like lukewarm, but I go back and forth on it because at the end of the day, you did come across through the crease, took out the goal, and and you wouldn't have scored if you didn't. So I don't know. I go back and forth. What do you think? Yeah, it, the hard part with this is you could have the same play tomorrow night or tonight, and it would go the other way. I mean, so there, there's no like black and white. Okay. That's a goal. That's a no goal. It's, it's strictly discretion on who's making the call. So usually they go with the call on the ice. If there's any indecision and the call on the ice was a goal. I, I think it was a no goal. I think he was trying to get to the far post. He engaged contact with the defenseman a little bit. And it's not like Dumlin pushed him or threw him into the goaltender. He was just playing him passively almost he he didn't really go in and bury him into the goalie so Kako just ran into De Smith there, there was nothing that Dumlin did that changed his course in my opinion so I think it's a good no goal call I think it's fine but again like I said tomorrow night that same play could happen and it could be a goal and what are we doing now so it's just it's just the nature of the beast it's it's humans reactions we're a flawed society. Everybody has flaws and everybody sees things differently. So there could be a different guy making that call tomorrow night. And, and it turns out a different way, but I don't think the Rangers were too upset upset with it at the time. They didn't look like that. It affected them too much. I think they realized that he did bury the goalie to Smith was in his crease. It's not like he was playing a foot outside his crease. He was covering the post and he slid across and the Rangers player took him with him. It is what it is. It stays a 3-3 game. We go to overtime. 
and the overtime was boring. The first overtime, incredibly boring. The second overtime, crickets. Not really many chances. Playing very passive. No one wanted to make a mistake. Pucks were going in. Pucks were coming out. There was nothing going on, Tim. There was no penalties. There was nothing. The major thing that happened was during the second overtime. Now, this is something I've never seen before. I've never seen this in all my career. A goaltender just leaves the game. And I don't know why he left. Was he dehydrated? Was it because he got shot off the head um, earlier that period? Do you know why DeSmith left the game? I haven't really done much digging. I doubt they would tell us why. My guess is he he was just dehydrated. You you could tell walking off the ice, he he was not there. He was kind of limping a little bit. Maybe that's indicative. He just didn't have his balance. I don't know what it was. Louis Domingue comes in. I played with him in Arizona. Good goalie. Good backup goalie. Serviceable. But he was shaky. You saw the first few shots by Adam Fox. He bobbled it. It, it was nice to feel the puck, but what, what a position for a goaltender to come in. You've been sitting for six periods or five periods, and all of a sudden you just get, oh, we got to go in game one, double overtime, let's go. So the, the amount of pressure on this guy is incredible. Can you imagine just coming out of the tunnel, grabbing your helmet and saying, let's go. He doesn't even have a time to feel a puck. They're like, let's go. Like Second overtime, game one of the Stanley Cup finals. Not finals, Stanley Cup playoffs. What do you think, Tim? Could you handle that, Tim? You're, you're a season pro. Probably You're unflappable. No, I would be nervous sitting in the front row for an NHL game, let alone on the ice doing what those guys did. So, no. And it's funny. Did you see he was interviewed after the game? And he, he said he thought there's no chance he was getting in. So we had some, like, spicy pork and broccoli and during one of the intermissions because he's, you know, he's sitting on his butt the whole time. He had no he had no thought of getting in. So, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. And, and I just looked at the, the Smith stuff. The earlier – reports they haven't said anything yet it looked like a lower body issue probably some cramping or something probably maybe yep. because of dehydrated like you mentioned but good for them to, to pull off this this game because it was it took everything they had to beat the rangers in all these periods and they, they pulled it off yeah they played well they they knew domingue coming in the second overtime period most of the shots that he faced were from the outside he didn't really have that much of a workload to take care of. There was one chance in tight where the puck got thrown across the crease and he had to hold the post a little bit. I think, gosh, he was jamming away. Strom, I think, was jamming away at it, and he, he held his post tight. But other than that, the Penguins did a really good job of limiting the chances, limiting the shots. He had 17 saves, but they were mostly from the outside. So good on the Penguins to kind of keep – just keep it easy for him. You know, they, they, they didn't give up any odd man rushes. They, they just let him play the game. It was a super – but mind you, they didn't convert anything that way. The final goal, fourth overtime period, again, just a snoozer of an overtime. The Rangers finally make a mistake behind the net. They turn it over. The Penguins jump on it, go low to high. The guy walks. Malkin gets a nice, nice tip. Game over. Bingo, bango, bongo. There's, no, there's not much more to talk about that. It was a good tip, a decent shot. Puck goes top shelf. Nothing Shashirskin could do. He, had a, he played a great game. Malkin played great. All of the Penguins' heavy hitters played great. Crosby, Gensel, Malkin, Latang played great. My big question is Latang played almost 47 minutes, Tim, in game one. And they were hard minutes. They were intense minutes. The guy's not getting any younger. I bet you he's, what, 35 years old, 36 years old. How does this affect him down the line? The Rangers defensemen, they're fine. Fox is young. Truba, I believe, is still younger than Latang. They didn't play 47 minutes. This is going to affect him down the line. Like, yes, maybe he might be good for game two. When you get that old, you need to recuperate. You need a couple days. So they're back at it. They're back at it tomorrow. So we'll see how he can recover from this. It's a lot of minutes for a player. All right. There's, there was one other play we should talk about. 
And it was a hit. Lindgren has hit on Raquel. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, I did. I watched that in real time. I was like, whoa, what a hit. It was awesome. What did you think of the hit in real time? Initially, you know, it, it was it was a tricky play. Raquel's coming down the boards. He, he steps over the red, about to enter the blue. He dumps it in. He's got a forward on his hip, a Rangers forward on his hip. And Lindgren comes across and absolutely blasts him. Like a, a shoulder, hip kind of combo hit. Just buries him. Lights out. Raquel's down. Didn't come back to the game. We don't know his status for next game. Probably out. It was a heavy hit. Like it was a big boy hit. Initially, five-minute major. Boom. You're gone. Five minutes in a game. The refs looked at it again because I think they said he was targeting, and they rescinded the five-minute penalty, and they gave him a two-minute. You don't see that that often. Usually, you see a two go to a five. Very rare do you see a five go to a two. Lindgren is a big part of this Rangers team. He's the partner with Adam Fox. He's, He's a big cog when you look at the Rangers on the back end. Good call to reduce it to a two. You probably hated it. You always take the the victim side. What do you think about this, Tim? What was the official penalty given to him for two minutes? You know, um, initially I heard it was charging, and then I also heard it was um, targeting. So I don't know what the initial five was, but I know they rescinded it, it was, to a two. Yeah, it ended up being a two for roughing. Um, is it possible? I don't know if this is like like contradictory, but a play can be legal but also predatory, like. I think yeah. he, he obeyed the rules, but he also knew that he was going to blow this guy up. That was kind of in a helpless position. Raquel, I, I don't know, a little bit of a Louis Erickson probably in your mind. Like he, he dumped it in. He watched it. Didn't think he was going to be hit there because he had the guy in his hip. I think he maybe thought he'd get pinned against the boards or something, and he got blown up. So I think Lindgren knew he was going to blow him up. Um, that said, I think it was a legal hit, so I'm, I'm good with it. So there's two issues with this hit, and we'll break them down. One was the timing. The league is really big on timing. They give you 0.6 to 0.8 seconds after the puck is released to make contact with that player, depending on where you are on the ice, the speed, this and that. I think it was a little later than the 0.6 to 0.8, maybe like one to one and a half seconds. I'm fine with that. Raquel sees Lindgren coming. It's not like a blindside hit or a backtrack hit or across the ice hit. I don't mind the one and a half second delay. I feel like it's in the realm of just the game because they're, they're, they, they see each other. You know what I mean? It's, it's not a surprise. The other issue is, and we dealt with this years ago when we first instituted this uh, targeting the head, this and that he exploded into the hit. He was coming into him and then right at the last second, which is natural. Everybody does it. He wants to, you know, make the hit count. So he kind of, gives her a little bit and at the point of contact maybe his his big toe is touching the ice so you know did he jump did he not did he need to do that did he not because no one knows what he's thinking i don't think it's a big deal either did he have the principal point of contact being the head no so all in all i think the refs nailed it two minutes roughing Maybe even that is a stretch. I don't think it's that bad of a hit. I think it's just the optics of it are bad because he dumps it. There's a little delay. Then he just absolutely pastes him into the boards and he's down and this and that. I like the hit. I don't know. You know, I went back and forth on this. I watched it quite a bit. You have to put a little bit of onus, like you said, on Ricard Raquel. This is a playoffs. You're dumping the puck in. It's a tie game. And you know, you're going to get hit. 
So keep your head up, man. Like uh, figure it out. So Raquel's out. Lindgren gets two, which is fine. I don't think he gets suspended. And it's the playoffs. Like, let's go figure it out. Maybe if this is a regular season, he keeps the five. But I'm glad that the refs looked at it and said, no, it's not that bad. We're going to make it a two. And that's, it, was, it was a great decision by them in my mind. No Raquel or DeSmith at the Penguins morning skate today. So says that. I think Raquel's gone surprising. for a little bit. I think DeSmith will be back. I think he's probably hydrating. He did play, you know, five periods of hockey before he left. So he's probably recuperating. I, I'm not worried about him being back. They got to get Tristan Yari back. Like that's, that's the bigger issue with them. Let's look at the game as a whole. The Penguins played great. Start to finish, they outplayed the Rangers. I think from, from the drop of the puck to the end of the game, yes, the Rangers got that early two-goal lead. After that, the Penguins just systematically up and down the ice dominated every aspect of this game. They outshot them. They outhit them. They outplayed them. Everything went the, the Penguins' way. The Rangers only had one power play. That says a lot to me. You get power plays by hooks and trips and holds and stuff where the guy's chasing you. They weren't the first to pucks. They weren't getting chased. They weren't the aggressor. They were always passive. So in my mind, the Penguins, it was a great first game for them. Shashirskin held the Rangers in this game, much like he did throughout the season, where he was the backbone of this team. And it proved it last night when he just, he was out of this world for a lot of parts of this game. So if the Rangers need to get, if they need to change something, their defense, in my opinion, was average at best. They got, well, even the Gensel goal you were talking about, it was a two-on-two. It was a a clear-cut two-on-two. Very easy. All Crosby did would just skate towards Gensel. And the D-man looked like they had no idea how to, how to handle that. It's a simple thing where you stay on your man. Fox steps up and Lindgren backs off. I don't know who the two D were, but you just stay on your man. So the guy who's a left D-man, he just sags with Gensel. And the right D-man follows Crosby across. That's how you defend that. It's, it's very simple. You, you try not to cross defensemen, if at all possible. Even when you're going from corner to corner, you go to the front of the net and then you switch off. It's a very simple strategy. They do it. They've been doing it for a hundred years. And I don't know how you mess that up in a two on two on two game. So the Rangers defense, they look shaky. That was their one weakness coming into this series. And they didn't answer any questions. They got beat a few times. They got caught out of position. Their reads weren't very good. And I don't know. You know, I, th- I thought they could hold the fort, but they did not do anything to kind of prove me wrong. So if they continue playing like this, the Penguins definitely have an advantage because their defense looked all right. Rita looked good. Duman looked, looked good. Latang looked really good. They didn't make any big, big mistakes, a couple turnovers here and there. But as a, as a whole, their defense played great. Did you see anything in game one that would make you change your mind on picking the Rangers to win this series? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because I went into the series thinking Tristan Yari would be a big loss. DeSmith played great. Now, if DeSmith is out... That's a whole nother ball of wax. Louis Domingue is a good goaltender. He's not going to win you a playoff game. No way. So I feel like if DeSmith is out, that changes my pick. But I still think the Rangers, they can make some adjustments. Their defense can just hold like hold the fort. They don't have to, you know, win you the game. Don't make any big mistakes like we did in game one. There's a couple of big mistakes that they made. Even the the first goal that Gensel got, the cross ice feed, it was a fantastic save by Shashirskin. An absolute dynamite save for whatever reason the the rangers dig dug the puck out from his pads and threw it up the boards to nobody and then they're running around like chickens with their head cut off the penguins go d to d down crosby cross ice to gensel again for a tap in it's just like what are we doing here d'angelo or not d'angelo um someone was up by the 
blue line. I think it might've been Schneider or maybe Lilligren again, or maybe Keandre Miller. One of the two, I'm sorry, I'm babbling, but they were out by the, the blue line. And then you turn around and his man Gensel is in alone in front of the net. And Gensel has scored 40 plus goals in this league for a while now. It's like, you might want to mark that guy. So just mistakes like that, like unforced errors where, you just compound the mistake. Yes, you gave Gensel this amazing chance, and Shashershkin made an unbelievable save. Then you make it worse, and it's like, ah, now we're down two nothing. So if they can clean that up, I feel like they have the better offense. I like their forward group better than the Penguins, but again, can they do it? Crosby's so incredibly good; he's an absolute stud. Malkin played great when he's motivated. He's hard to beat. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a seven game series. This is this is a great series. I'm excited for the next couple of games. All right. Another barn burn at Tim flames versus stars. Talk about a snooze fest. My goodness. So incredible. Did you watch this game? I hope not. It would have put you to bed. It was, it was incredibly boring. The Dallas stars tried to lull the flames to sleep and they almost did it. I watched it in my honest opinion, and I'm being kind to the Dallas stars. They might've had two grade a chances the whole game. Maybe two. If you count the, they hit the post once. If you count that one, two. If not, Sagan had a good chance in front of the net that uh, Markstrom got his toe on. Other than that, that was it. 60 minutes of play. That was it. The Flames, not much better. Not much better. Ottinger played well. They get a power play goal five minutes into the game, and that's it. The Flames dominated the first period. I think the shots were 11 to two at the end of the first. That was it. The only thing that was entertaining were the fights. Kachuk got into it with um, Raffle. Raffle beat him up. And then Klingberg and Anderson got into it in the same scrum, and they got ejected because it was a second fight. After that, it was a terrible hockey game. It was just so incredibly boring. It was just like up and down the ice, nobody really doing anything. It was just two good defensive teams going at it, no one really getting out of their comfort zone. So you didn't miss much, Tim. one nothing. Calgary wins, like I said they would, but just very boring, very blah game. You didn't miss you didn't call it being you called it being a close game though. You thought it would be low scoring and close and you nailed that. Yeah, you know, I wish I could have nailed all my picks. Because the next one, it was a huge swing and a miss. The next two are huge swing and a misses. The Avs Predators. My goodness, what a what a tale of the tape. The first period. Let's just break down the first period. I'm I'm sure nobody watched it because it was on the West Coast. One nothing Avs. Power play goal. Two nothing abs, absolutely terrible goal, terrible goal. Three nothing abs, turnover by one of their defensemen, Ekholm, I believe. Shorthanded goal, three nothing, four nothing. Makar, great individual effort, but still a bad goal. Riddick's got to save that. Five nothing, breakaway. Bye bye. First period's over. Riddick gets pulled. Preds win. That's it. It was just <clears throat> the first period was what could go wrong will go wrong with the Nashville Predators. It was a terrible, terrible start to the playoffs for that. Riddick played dog poo. The whole team was just, they look lost, just overwhelmed by the moment. And they just, they couldn't catch up. Once it was one nothing, 2 nothing, it, the game was over. They, they couldn't catch their breath. They couldn't get their footing. It was terrible. It was a bad game. First period ends. Riddick goes, and mind you, they start Riddick. He, he played well versus the abs in the, in the season. I think he won a game there. At the end of the year, he had 46 saves and 48 shots. So he knows how to play. He's a good goalie. I don't know what happened to him. He, he, he I would say two, maybe three of the goals were just, you got to save him. Even the shorthanded goal, 
you got to save that. It's Cogliano. He's coming across your crease. You have to save that. Even the rebound, you have to say that. So the McCarr goal, that's obvious. The second goal, you got you have to save those goals if it's the playoffs and you have any chance of winning versus the best team in the NHL. The only the lining on this cloud, the silver lining for the Nashville Predators, Tim, they played the second and third period tight. They tied them 2-2 over those two periods. So I think they can hang their hat on that. They can go into game two and say, you know what? We had a dumpy first period. We cleaned it up in the second and the third and we played him to a tie. So we can go into the next game feeling good about that. But other than that, oh my gosh, they need UC Saros in a bad way. If they have any chance to win this series, he's got to get he's got to get healthy. Because Riddick was brutal. Absolutely brutal. And his backup, I don't know who he was. He played okay, but are you going to win with your third string goalie in the playoffs versus the Avalanche? I don't think so. So it was it was a good showing by the Avalanche. They took advantage of the mistakes. They executed when they needed to. And they buried him seven to two. It was an absolute shellacking by them. And when I get shellacked, Tim, you know what I need? I need, I need some, I need some food. It make me feel good about myself. If I'm the Nashville Predators, I'm in Colorado. There's a nice burger joint right by the hotel. I believe it's called Cherry Burgers or something like that. I'm going to order some burgers, some fries, maybe a six pack. Drain my sorrows with some burgers. And if I'm on the Nashville Predators, I'm using promo code GlovesDDUS. Because who knows how long I'm going to be in a league after that performance. I'm going to save myself some Dore Me 25% off free delivery when you use our promo code GlovesDDUS. If you're in Canada, GlovesDD. Get yourself some DoorDash. Get yourself some food. Save you some money. It's a win-win. Thank you for supporting DoorDash. It helps us out a little bit. All right. You got any uh, notes on that last one, Tim? No. Let's move on to the big upside of the night. Oh, man. I was just watching this game. I'm like, I'm going to get murdered on Twitter. These... Capitals fans are relentless. I was so hoping they were going to just their doors beaten off. Like I, I just wanted them to lose so bad, and they didn't. Capitals win four to two. Why don't you walk us through this game, Tim? Let us know where it went wrong for the Panthers. Uh, they didn't. They didn't look like the Florida Panthers last night. That was the big right? thing. Like I know this was not the team that we saw all season long. They went down one nothing. Wilson had that power play goal, and then they battled back with a good goal from Sam Bennett. But again, even, even though the score is tied one-to-one at this point, the Caps looked really good. They did have the power play working in their favor. They had almost six, five or six minutes in the power play in the first period. At one point, I think it was over a minute of the five-on-three, but the Caps didn't score in any of that. They didn't cap- capitalize. Do you get it? I don't want to cut you off, but I will. Have you noticed the amount of five-on-threes so far in the first first games of a series? I feel like every team has gotten a five-on-five for almost a minute or five-on-three for almost a minute and a half. Have you noticed that too? I have the Bruins had one. I think the Leafs had one. Yeah, yeah. I have the Lightning that. had one. The, like, it's amazing how many five on threes there are. When I was playing, a ref would put his whistle in the pocket when you're on the PK. And then in the playoffs, it was a no brainer. But guys are <laughs> the the refs are really quick with the whistles so far after one game. That's that's what I've noticed. There's been a lot of penalties, a lot of five on threes. Sorry, go ahead. I I, I just wanted to make that point. No, it's all good. I, you know, the Caps are just a better team, and I think Banachek gets a lot of credit. He stood on his head last night. Um, I was texting my buddy earlier. He was a big Caps fan down in D.C., and that, that was his big takeaway from game one that he wanted me to share. Um, but they have some kind of some, – some question marks heading into game two that it's not all good news, right? Well, Tom Wilson, the guy who got their first goal on the power play, by the way, the aforementioned power play, he's out. He's gone. He's a tough guy. He only played the first period. We'll see where he ends up. They're very tight with the injury status, but 
whenever a guy like that goes out, a guy who plays physical, you know, he's played with injuries throughout his career. So it's very surprising to me that he didn't finish the game. So he, it must be something serious. We expect him to miss some time. We don't know how long. That's a big hit for the Washington Capitals. Don't get me wrong. Ovechkin is still hurt. He was their best player last night. Up and down the ice. He made the big play to make it 3-2 or to tie the, to tie the game for the Caps. He, what a stupid play by Uyghur. What are you doing? What are you doing if you're Uyghur? It's 2-1. to one, It's the third period. You're breaking out of your zone, and you try to walk around Ovi or skate around him, and he just pokes the puck away. He did a completely terrible play. But anyways, that's beside the point. Ovechkin played great. He played unbelievable. He had a couple good passes, a couple good plays all over the ice. I like the way he plays. Tom Wilson, he's a big part of this team. He's on the first power play unit. He's right wing with Backstrom and Johansson. He does a lot. We all know what Tom Wilson does. If he's out of this game, that bumps TJ Oshie up. It bumps Garnet Hathaway up to the, the LR Mantha line. It makes, it makes that line less effective. How is Oshie going to work with Backstrom and Johansson? They're very, three very similar players. Wilson adds a dynamic to that line that they need. If you put Oshie in there, does he really make a, you know, an impact or do you move halfway up to the second line? He's a similar type of player, not as skilled. So it's a big, big hit. If he's out, you got Ovechkin probably running at 75%. You got Tom Wilson out. Can the Washington Capitals do it? I don't know. You got to You got to think the Panthers are going to bounce back. The one thing about the Panthers, they never win the first game in a series. Their last five playoff series They've lost the first game every single time. So I don't think this is anything new for them. I think they've been here and they know how to react to it. But man, to lose it this way, to get outplayed by the eighth seeded team, to just lay an egg this way, even though you're up two to one in the third period and you can't finish it off, it says a lot to me. Now, there was questions coming to this game on the Washington end. Who are you going to start next, Samsonov or Vitaly Vanacek? Like your friend said, Vanacek played good. Played a great game. Saved the pucks he needed to. Was outstanding. Didn't get a challenge that much. To the Panthers, like you said, something was off with them. Barkov didn't play well. Huberto didn't play well. Duclair was pretty much non-existent the whole game. But he still played well. Uh, across the ice, Bobrovsky, major questions going into this game. I thought he played pretty good. I thought he played really good. Made the saves. Made some really big saves. I thought he, he was covering the ice well. He saw the puck well. He, he played in his little bubble there. He didn't extend himself. I thought he played really good. So I expect him to take the net the next game. I expect Vanacek to take the next game. I just expect the Panthers to hopefully show up a little bit better. It was, it was a terrible game for them. An awful game at the most important time. So hopefully this is not a sign of things to come. But boy, it's just uh, maybe the pressure is getting to him. I don't know. Who knows? First year coach. Maybe he wasn't ready for the uh, the whole thing of the playoffs, the, the line matching, this and that. I know Kitty. I stayed at his house for an extended period of time when I was in Minnesota, so we're, we're fairly close. He'll figure it out. He will. I, I'm not worried about the Panthers just yet. One nothing in the series. Do you, what chance do you give Washington to win now? Well, obviously a better chance, right? I thought they were going to get swept. They're losing five. Now the, game, the, the series extends. You never get nervous until the road team wins a game and the road team just won a game, Tim. So I'm a little nervous. They got, they have to, you, it, next, next game is a must win game for the Florida Panthers. It has, you have to win this game. If not, you're in big, big trouble, big, 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 big trouble. So I expect them to bounce back. I, I don't see them losing two in a row. They're too good. They had too good of a regular season. They're, they're just too offensively gifted. So golly, I don't know. Who knows? It's a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy year in the Eastern conference. Much like Kevin Garnett said, 
anything is possible. Anything is possible too. All right. Are we going to uh, recap or uh, points bet tomorrow night's games or tonight's games? Yeah, let's do it. It's four more let's games two then. across the board. All right. All let's right. start oh. with uh, Boston Carolina game two. Who do you like? Well, boy, oh boy. There's a lot of question marks surrounding the Boston Bruins. Who are they going to play in that? Have they released that yet? Have you told the coach who's playing? Who they, who they playing in net? Yeah, it's all Mark. He's back in for game two. I'm taking the Hurricanes then. They should have went to Swayman. That's a big mistake. Big, big mistake. They should have went to Swayman, mix it up a little bit. He's just as good as Allmark. Allmark played questionable at best last game. I'm going Hurricanes. Hurricanes, baby. What about, what about you? Yeah, I hate to say it. I'm going Carolina as well. And it hurt a little bit less because I'm only like two hours from Raleigh now. And I'm in North Carolina. So I'm kind of like, I'm playing both sides. So I always come out on top. You're such a bandwagon. All right. Lightning Maple Leafs. Decisive win by the Leafs. Game one. Who do you got for the Lightning Maple Leafs? Lightning. Come back game two and make this a series for sure. What about you? I'm going Leafs. I think Leafs are going to take this one as well. And then the Lightning go back to Tampa Bay, win the next two, and then it'll be a three-game series. I think the Leafs are going to yeah, pull this one out. All right, Blues Wild. Got to have a bounce back from Blues. Did they say who's playing in that for the Minnesota Wild? For Minnesota, you mean? Um, no, they haven't yet. That's what I said, yeah. <laughs> Didn't you hear me say for the Minnesota Wild? <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't heard yet uh, who's so playing. who do you got then? You got to – I'm going to go with Minnesota. Yeah, I think it's a good bounce back game. I, I can't see them losing two in a row like that. Yeah, I agree. You know, they're at home. Oh, they got Flurry to- is back in that. He is back. Wow. Okay, Flurry's back. They're sticking with the guys they went with. I like that. Flurry's going to bounce back with a shutout. Wild's going to win. They're going to blank him 4-1 just like the Blues did last game. All right, Kings-Oilers. My goodness. Who is a net for the Oilers? I don't know. Look, Google who's a net for the Oilers, or is are they just being coy about it? Jay Woody. He likes to keep his cards close to his his vest. An interesting thing about this series, Jay Woodcroft was the assistant for Todd McClellan for years and years and years and years in San Jose. So they're very familiar with each other. So they know each other's tendencies. They know how they coach. They know how they react to things. So that might play a part in this series. Todd and Jay, super duper close. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went to dinner last night. That's how close they are. Who's the net for the Oilers, Tim? I gave you enough time to Google it up. It hasn't been released yet other than Koskinen in the morning skate. Skated, he started at the other end, not the starter's end, but that doesn't necessarily indicate, but probably it's Smith again. Boy, they're really putting all their eggs in the old Mike Smith basket. And I like Mike. He's a great guy. I don't know if that's the smart move. Who do you got? LA Kings, Edmonton Oilers, Tim. Let's hear it. John, I'm going with the LA Kings. I think they're going to be up 2 nothing. I um, really do. Imagine if they go up two nothing versus the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, as much as I want, I have to take the Oilers in Edmonton. It's in Edmonton. They have to win. I have them winning this series. They're going to take the next four. They're going to realize their mistakes and just come out and just put a strong performance in. God, it's got to be the Oilers. It's got to be the got to be the Edmonton Oilers. All right, you ha- you heard it here. We got the Hurricanes, and then we're split the rest of the way. I think we both went wild, but yeah. Go to points bet, throw in a bet. It's going to be great. Win yourself some money and just have some fun. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll probably be at you tomorrow. I don't know how, how long we could do this everyday thing. It's exhausting. The amount of prep work and all this, it's just, it's just exhausting. I hope you guys appreciate it. Go and give us a five-star review every, everywhere you get this. 
But um, have a good night. Enjoy watching hockey, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.